Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 11. God's path to honor. You folks back there at the uh, sound booth, you want to know the title of this, now's a good time. God's path to honor. You can spell honor the King James Bible way, H-O-N-O-U-R, or you can spell it our way, H-O-N-O-R, whichever way you like. Spelling has evolved. Many of you may not know that. Shakespeare, they had no rules of spelling in Shakespeare. He spelled his name, I think, 16, 17 different ways. Uh, Shakespeare, the rules weren't well developed yet in spelling. And now you go, and, and the rules are accept this, accept that, accept this, accept that. A combination, that doesn't really sound that way. It sounds this way. Why does it sound that way? It's because we say it that way. Shut up. You have that? That's English, 101. And so it's just language. Philippians chapter 2, verse uh, 5 through 11. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now let's take those verses from verse 6, 7, and 8. And I want you to maybe put a parenthesis around them on the outside, Philippians 6, 7, and 8, because that's a group. Verse 5 is a capstone. Verse 5 is a capstone. It's the overall statement. What's going to follow here, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Then it said what Christ did. First 6, 7, and 8 is, is a humbling process. And then anytime you see wherefore, you always see why it's there. You thought I was going to do a wherefore, wherefore deal, didn't you? But why is it there? Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him, because of everything above. God also had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow things in heaven, things on earth, and things under the earth. Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, and then in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 12, you don't have to turn to that, but I just want to mention a short verse, short verse, Proverbs. So I'm going to New Testament, Old Testament. And before honor is humility. That's the last part of verse 12 of chapter 18 of Proverbs. Before honor is humility. We live and we are by nature a very selfish person. We live among selfish people and we are selfish. Especially, the Bible says, that in the last days, that selfishness, which is already huge among people, will become huger, become bigger. And we find that in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. The word perilous means Hard times. My dad went through a depression. He was a teenager. Well, he was 10 years old to 20 years old during the depression. It was a hard time of life. He had to wear hand-me-down shoes, sometimes no shoes, sometimes 
holes in his pants. He was ashamed of to go out in public with and around among people. He went to school that way. They had a one-room school, 100 and some odd children, one room, one teacher, 100 and some odd children with obedience and order. Try that today, see how it works out. But anyways, he had to, he went and got on the railroad cars when they went by, the coal cars when they went by. He'd jump up on top of the coal cars, throw coal off, and then get down, collect it up, take it home so they could have heat. That's not made up. That's really what, he, what his life was. When they have, they had, had, he had uh, seven brothers and sisters, that meant eight children, mom and dad. His dad was an alcoholic. That's why alcohol does not have a good reputation in the Lytale family. And because he was alcoholic, didn't work steady, and was oftentimes get stupid drunk, and uh, didn't feed his family like he should. And my dad said that they would have a meal, and they'd be. And you know how you know how kids are, man. Kids get hungry. Kids get. I don't get hungry anymore. But man, kids get hungry. Kids get starving hungry. They can, they can smell good, the best they've ever can in their life, unless they've had COVID. They can smell. They are hungry. They can eat. Everything functions right. Woo! He'd come to the meal table, and there would be enough food for mom, dad, and a couple of the kids, or three, four of the kids, but not all of them. And they wouldn't share. If you know children, a child is some of the most selfish time of, of your existence is in your childhood. It's me, myself, and I. It is, a, 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 I years ago in Key West, I, I ran across a t-shirt, and I went in and bought it. It said, it's all about me. I preached a whole sermon about that. It's all about me. The selfishness seems to be predominant in the last times. In other words, as times begin to get down to the last time when Satan's going to be revealed through the beast, the tribulation period is going to come. It seems that people generally are said to get worse. For this know that in the last days perilous times shall come for men. What? What are the, and the listing I'm going to go through quickly, but I want you to note as I go through the listing how much it's about selfishness. They should be lovers of their own selves. <clears throat> we do not need more self-love. Psychologists, which are circumstantial psychologists, which doesn't work, it's not true. All it, it may help you a little bit, but it will never cure you what you got. You're not to look in the mirror and say, I am great. You'll be the only one who believes. It. Even your wife will snicker at that. For men should be lovers of their own selves. It's interesting, the Greek word for love there is phileo love. Phileo doesn't even, agape love would mean they're committed to themselves. No. They use the word phileo. That means they like themselves. The word fond it means to be fond of or be friends with or like. So people in the last days will really have a crush on themselves. You want to know why divorce is high? 
That said it right there. That's, you can go home. You cannot stay married over a long period of time, generally speaking, if you're in love with yourself too much. You better be in love with your mate and try to exalt them and help them and promote them and encourage them, and then it'll turn around and come back to you. You don't have to worry about whether it's going to come back to you. It will come back to you. Now you say, well, I know somebody that never, I'm talking about the rule, not the exception. You may know somebody that didn't happen to, but generally speaking. So it says, ministry, we lovers of our own selves, covetous, boasters. Oh, I hate to hear somebody like that. Don't you come up and tell them how wonderful you are? Proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. That's because they want to do it differently than the parents tell them. They're unthankful no matter what people help them, unholy. They're without natural affection. That can mean a lot of things. That can mean homosexual. That can mean transgender. That can mean just simply... Uh, they love dogs more than they love their kids. Don't you let me see you loving on your dog and not loving on your man. And all the men in this room said something. <laughs> if your wife's got a cat and she sits there by the hours and strums that cat behind the ears and, and that cat goes, brrr, brrr, and makes biscuits on her and all that stuff, and you don't get it. You don't get up. <laughs> you want to know why some marriages are in trouble? Without natural affection. Truce breakers. Their word's no good. False accusers. Vicious. Um, incontinent. Fierce despisers of those who are good. Go to a typical university where old Jared's going and start talking about Roe versus Wade, that you're happy that finally babies are being protected. They'll begin to despise you. Despisers, of, I almost ruined that. Despisers of those who are good. And uh, traitors. Again, can't be trusted. Heady, all about themselves. High-minded. They think they're smart. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Literally, pleasures are God. Feeling good is what it's all about. Having a form of godliness. On top of that, they're religious. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And from such, Paul says, way back then, turn away. Stay away from them. Self, 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 self. These people like themselves. They are totally committed to themselves. Life is all about themselves. And that's why their divorce is four out of, uh, or six out of ten, or seven out of ten. So you say, what's that got to do with our text? It's got everything to do with the text. It's got everything to do with the text. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then look below what happens. What is the mind of Christ? He gave of himself to others. All the way down to death. Now, I know he was God manifest in the flesh. I know who he was. But he cared about us that much. 
it shows a pattern. What I see in this passage, and this is a classical passage, both doctrinally classical, theologically classical, and often preached on. It should be. But you may never have seen it in this light. The pattern that you see, verse 5, is the capstone. Then you see verse 6 through 8, his process of humbling himself. And then you see the rest of the verses, 9 through 11, the process of God exalting him for humbling himself. Humility comes before honor. I want you to get the order today. If you leave here with the order, you may have it already. Great. Praise the Lord. Let me give an example. We're supposed to follow Jesus. Don't you believe that? They say amen. We follow Jesus. Matthew 4.19 says, He that saith unto me, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So that's enough of that. Paul said it about himself, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, Wherefore I beseech you, follow, be followers of me. That's Paul saying, be followers of me, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 11, 1 says, be followers of me, even, I, even as I also am of Christ. He said, don't, don't follow my bad stuff, follow my good stuff. I get a kick out of young preachers in Bible school. They talk about, I would love to be like the Apostle Paul. I want to be like Paul. That's noble, I by the way. It's noble set high goals. But do they understand the process that Paul went through to get where we look at him today as the great Apostle Paul, though he would never refer to himself that way? We refer to him that way. But who of you really don't say, I'd like to be like Jesus? Be like Jesus every day. Be like Jesus along life's way. You know, there's all kinds of songs about be like Jesus. I may have just made that up. I don't know. But I don't know sometimes when we say I want to be like Jesus, if we really understand or have a grip on what the process of being like Jesus is all about. But in this passage in the book of Philippians here, chapter 2, 5 through 11, you see the full process of humility coming before honor. Jesus personally and willingly humbled himself before he was exalted. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Notice the order. 1 Peter 5, 6, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Notice the order. James 4, 6, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud and gives grace to the humble. Notice the order. I mean, he gives grace to humble and he resists the proud. Uh, Matthew chapter 23, verse 12, if, if you get out of order, even it deals with if you get out of order in Matthew 23, 12, it says, Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as a little child, the same as greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now I want you to notice that you're supposed to humble yourself, not let God humble you. You, you can trust me on this. You don't want God to humble you. Now, he's going to. I'm getting humbled right now with his sickness. I've been humbled for many years with sickness. God will humble you. But I don't pray, God, make me sick. 
I said, God, help me to pass through the chest. Help me, to go, help me to go through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil. Help me to go through the fire and come out the other side. We're to have a mind. What kind of mind? Let this mind be in you, a selfless mind. You say, Brother Bill, I can't have a selfless mind. You quit before you start it. There's a God in heaven who's powerful enough to help you to have a selfless mind if you want it. You're not going to get saved unless you want it. You're going to hell. Right over Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and all the books of the Bible and Jesus himself and going past Calvary and going to hell if you don't want to be saved. You're never going to be like Christ. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. is an invitation. You can have it, but you got to want it. How much do you want the mind of Christ in your life? You do want it. It's something really you need. I need it. I want it. But it's a road of humility. It's, it's not. It's putting others first, not yourself. The Bible says in John 3.16, we read it so often, for God so loved the world that he gave others first. We can't go anywhere with God by self-promotion. Absolutely nowhere with God. You stand in front of the mirror and say, like I said before, I'm great, I'm a champion, I'm the best. Beside lying to yourself, that's opposite of where God wants you to be. You don't need a better self-image. Boy, this, this, this really rubs the psychological cat the wrong way. The Bible does not teach that you need a better self-image. The Bible teaches you have an inflated self-image way past reality and that you need to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Are you with me on this? I say, God, you're everything and I'm nothing. It's hard to say. You know the hardest words to tell your wife? You were right. How many here struggle with that? You couldn't even hardly imagine, you couldn't even hardly pass those words past your head, could you? <laughs> Humbling yourself. Humbling yourself. The psychologists, they have never raised a good kid yet, and they're trying to tell you how to raise your kid. Go back to the book. With the blessed Holy Spirit and the Word of God, there is no question that cannot be answered by the old rugged cross and the power of the Spirit and the Word of God. We do oftentimes what the Bible says opposite. We don't do what the Bible says. But let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. And while incarnate, Jesus Christ was in total submission to the Father. We, like him, should be in total submission to the Lord Jesus. John 15, 5 says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. And I love this last little phrase on the back of the sentence. For without me, you can do nothing. Most of you know it. It takes humility to submit to authority. You have to believe the authority is smarter than you, wiser than you, more, more capable than you, more powerful than you, so you submit to them. When it comes to God, you've got to believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And you must say, Lord God, I believe you are wisdom and, and possess all wisdom, and I need you. 
help me. When I first got saved, I was a typical teenager, full of myself, selfish to the core. And the Holy Spirit began to work on me about humbling myself under the mighty hand of God. I read those verses and I thought, man, man, how do you humble yourself? How do you humble yourself? Drive a Ford? Oh, no, drive a Honda. That's right. How do you exalt yourself? Drive a Harley. I thought, man, how do I humble myself legitimately? How do I do that? How about reading your Bible? You see, you come back to that over and over. Somehow you slip that in every sermon. It just comes it up. Because if you don't know the Bible, you're walking around. You're a victim looking for somebody to happen to. If you're going to be an overcomer and a victor in Christ Jesus, for sure you need to know the Word of God, right? But does it not, does it not show humility when I take my time, which I could be doing some other frivolous, wasteful thing with, and I read the Bible? What does that show? I believe the authority is right. And I will use my time, which I have free to use any way I want to use it, and I will give it to God by, you can read the, I think you can read the whole Bible through or listen to the whole Bible through with Alexander Scorby in 72 hours. Divide that into 365 days, see what you come up with. Not a lot of time. It does not take a lot of time a day to read the whole Bible through. It really does not. About 20 minutes. And yet, I find droves of Christians who do not do that because they're not simply willing to humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. It's submitting to his authority. How about by changing my view of life and, and, and begin to take on his values? That's part of the reading part. You take on God's values by doing the things he said to do. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And so early on in my salvation, I started teaching and helping in children's church and in the bus ministry. That was where God led me. And so I got in children's church. Now, you you don't get this, I know. But at 18 years old, I didn't even like children. Do we have any amens on that? You cowards. You got any amens on that? You don't like children. I don't blame you. I get it. Snotty, selfish, crying, wah, wah, me, me, me. And at 18 years old, I was right at where, almost where they were. I didn't want to be around them. And yet God said, I want you to go help these kids. I want you to go teach. Oh, man. But I'll do it, Lord. I'll do it. Yeah, you can, you can by, by doing what he wants you to do, keep his commandments. It took me off my throne and put Jesus on the throne. In other words, I, wanted to, I had an occupation I wanted to be. Humbling myself was not doing the occupation I wanted to do, but doing the occupation God wanted me to do. I'm only here this morning because God said so, but not because I wanted to do this. I never, ever wanted to be a preacher. I never, ever wanted to be uh, a, an instructor, a teacher, 
of the Word of God or any of that. I saw how they were treated a lot of times when I was a young man, and I thought, man, I don't want any part of that. I want to stay away from that. And God says, that's where I want you to go. Now, if I was willing to humble myself, I submit my will to his authority. Do you get that? So obeying God is a form of humility. Sometimes I tell my wife things she doesn't want to do. If she loves me, she'll say, I ain't doing that. The other day, John, John Perez lives on my property. He was in a province chamber on my property. The other day, John, we were out, and I had her in a bucket of my tractor putting screws down on the roof because they said they worked their way up, you know, in hurricane season. So I said, it'd be good if you got up there and put screws down. And I got to run the bucket because it's, te- you know, it's technical. Now, I'd love her to run the bucket. I'd... <laughs> so I got her up there in that bucket, and it's hot. It's hot. The heat coming off the roof, and it's hot. And, and pretty soon I find she's yelling at me, you know, because I can't hear well, and the tractor's running. That's the only reason she's yelling. <laughs> but it's a great excuse to yell. So she's yelling at the top of her lungs at me. To do, I can't do that. I'm not. I'm trying to overcome all that negativity. And so <laughs> she, I think to myself, I wonder if John's listening to that. He didn't come out. I thought, well, good, he didn't come out. I said, Callie, hold it down. John may be hearing that. But she's willing to obey me. That's a form of humility. She's willing to obey me. Now, she may not trust me, but she trusts God. And God says, wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands as the will of the Lord. So you say, okay, he's too dumb to get out of his own way, yet I believe that God who gave him to me is smarter than all of us, and so I'm just going to give it a shot and do what he says. Just surprised how good that works. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself goes all the way through your life. The essence of life was not self-serving anymore. When I got right with God, it was not to self-success. It was not riches, fame, power, prestige. It was simply pleasing God. That's where it was all at. Humbling yourself is when you come to the place in your spiritual life, they call it dedication, where you say to God, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, I'm going to do it. Now, don't say that if you're not willing to do things you don't want to do. God's going to have you do things you don't want to do. How many people in this room do things you don't want to do every day? You go to work in the morning. Monday is tough on you. You know, it's been said if weekends were three days, nobody would ever make it back to work. I mean, you know, it's it's like they have to work or they'd kill themselves. They couldn't have too much free time off or they'd kill themselves, so... So you got to get them back to work so they can survive. In the average workforce out there, that's the way it is. I had one employer every Monday morning would go to the pawn stores and pawn his own equipment back, buy his own equipment back from the pawn stores because his men, which was entrusted with his tools, would pawn them off for liquor or drugs or whatever over the weekend. And I said, and you didn't fire them? He said, I couldn't get anybody else. We're in a sad case of affairs. But we need to humble ourselves under under the mighty hand of God, and that's the way to honor. 
the results of humbling yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ are great. It'll end up being for the salvation of men's souls. It'll be ultimately for the realigning of the world, the restoration of all things through Jesus. Uh, ultimately, to defeat evil and sin will be God's people humbling themselves under the Holy Spirit's power to the Word of God under the Lord Jesus Christ who led the way and led the charge by humbling himself ahead of us. But too many people want immediate gratification. I had a guy get saved six weeks after he got saved. He said, this thing ain't working out, man. This thing ain't working out. He said, uh, I thought salvation was going to take care of my this and take care of my that and take care of my that. And he says, I'm worse off today. And I was six weeks ago when I got saved. I'm not going to be saved anymore. Well, I said, well, you never got it. If you'd have had it, you would never say that. But that wouldn't be part of the vocabulary. Newlyweds, which we, we're going to have one here next week. Newlyweds. You older people giggle at this. Most of you older people live in nice places. Most of you older people drive nice cars. Most of you older people wear nice clothes. And so you're picture yourself down and now you're an 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year old, right? Uh, a lot of times these young, young couples, want, they want to move into a large home as their first home. They don't want to go through the 600 square foot trashy mobile home. Oh, God forbid. I lived in a little mobile home, 12 by 50 for two, three years. I don't remember what it was. I was happy with that little thing. I lived in a roach pla- I lived in a roach motel. I mean, literally, my toothbrush, I'd set it down and a roach would be coming out licking it clean in the morning. That, that's the gospel. You'd hit the walls and you could hear them scurry. I brought my newlywed to that. Oh, wow. You need to get humble, brother. Humility comes before the big house. Humility comes before the nice car. I drove $500 junkers. Somebody would sell the car to me and apologize almost for selling it to me. It's really probably not worth 500 bucks, but give me 500 bucks. And it was junk. Everything was wrong. It was overheating, and you could smell the oil burning, and and everything was running. I'd get on that thing and try to clean it up, fix it up, do it all, get it running. I'd say, Kathy, this is your new car. And she'd drive that thing till the wheels fell off of it and it died. I'd buy another $500 car. That's just reality. Typically, you start small, work big. You don't start big, work small. Today, because of credit and credit cards, people go down and say, I can buy a new car. Nothing down. Shame on you. You're upside down. Do you know what upside down? If you don't know what upside down is, you will be. You need to put money down on a car. You need to work and work and work and, 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 and oh, I just can't go on. can't go any further. Humble yourself, and eventually you get to go down there and pay cash for a car. It's a beautiful day when you can go down there and write a check. I remember when I wrote a check for my first pickup truck, Ford, Ford pickup truck. Four-wheel drive, long bed, four-wheel drive, extended cabin, real beautiful, right on the LaBelle Ford dealership. I said, how much is that? And he says, 23000 bucks." I said, I'll write you a check right now. I wrote him a check. How do you do that? You don't do that the first few years you're married. Unless you got rich mom and daddy, and they don't do you any service by giving you a bunch of money. 
My dad had money, but he never would give it to me. He said, you need to, do, you need to go, grow up the way I grew up. I thought, I don't want to. Remember the virtuous woman in the Bible? Proverbs 31. Well, when you read all the work that woman does, she is busy dark, dark to dark and in the dark. Proverbs 31, 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and praiseth her. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Humility came before honor. I'll guarantee you, before I called my grandmother, well, our grandmother, well, she raised those eight kids with an alcoholic husband and uh, always kept them clean. She would say this, you can be dirt, you can be dirt poor, but you got to be clean. Your dirt can be clean. And her clothes, kids, they were dirty. Okay, the clothes were old, but they were clean. All her kids raised up. I, I watched my dad and his brothers and sisters raise up. They rose up, I should say, and called her blessed. They called her blessed. She was just a little squat, uh, part Indian squaw. And she, she kind of walked like that. What a woman. What a woman. Because of humility with Christ, eventually God is going to, just like he did Jesus, there'll be a time of exaltation. But it won't be, most of the time won't be here. Most of the time, the exaltation taught in the Bible is going to be down the road. God will exalt you in due time. Listen, if God exalted us in the flesh too early, what would happen? We'd get proud. First thing would happen is we'd be like, man, I deserve this, but not Paul. Or I deserve this, but, but not, not uh, oh, I forgot Brother Marin there. I mean, you know what I'm saying. You'd be like, if you get too much too quick, be careful. Pride goes before destruction, haughty spirit before fall. God most of the time has to, he's going to keep the majority and the lion's share of exalting us in heaven. When you get on the other side and you see what God's prepared for you and what's going on in the eternality of it all, that's when you're going to get excited, man. You're going to get excited. Honor comes before uh, honor, honor comes after humility. That's God's order. He'll exalt you, and it will last. It'll be real. It'll be rich. It'll be satisfying. It'll be sweet. Exalt yourself now. You'll be abased by God. You'll go nowhere. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You say, Brother Bill, that's such a simple thought. It is. Sometimes the most profound thoughts are worded in the simplest way. I can tell you this. It will be a battle because your old flesh is going to be behind you going, I don't like that. I don't want that. I don't, li- I don't feel good. And your old flesh is going to be pecking on you and pecking on you and pecking on you to raise yourself up and not let God raise you up. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and someday he'll raise you up. Father, help us. Pray that we'd understand this thought of truth. It's so, it's so powerful. We pray, God, that you'd open our minds, give wisdom in this. I know the forces of hell itself are against this kind of sermon. Pray, Father, there'd be somebody in this room that's been battling been battling that old selfish monster 
It's destroying your workplace. It's destroying your marriage. It's destroying your children's relationship with you. It's destroying your friends because that will destroy everybody and everything around them. Why don't you today to be willing to say, Brother Bill, I'm willing to commit myself to, to be humble under the hand of Almighty God, to be willing to humble myself and believe the Bible, read the Bible, try to follow the Bible. I don't have to have the accolades of man. I don't have to have the praises of man. I just do, the, do an unseen job that God gives me to do for him, and I'll be happy with it. Why? Because he knows what I'm doing. Not because men praise me. Oh, God help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.